Welcome to Debatable. I'm Dominic Fox, and that's Monica McNutt. And you're smiling. This is a happy day. It's not a sad day. <laughs> uh, uh, well, the Knicks were out on Friday. Today's okay. Sunday. So, so I now am neutral ESPN commentator, and he, <laughs> he Twitter doesn't have to get pissed at me for rattling things off in this here space. <laughs> All right, Alabaster, let's hear your very mean question. I'm sure that you phrased this in as mean a way as possible. What was your reaction to the Celtics demolishing those pathetic... Yeah. 76ers in game seven. <laughs> ah. That's it. That's it. Just two grunts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if someone was legit or they were being facetious, but somebody tweeted in the third quarter when it was already a 20 point lead and climbing. Monica McNutt was right on Get Up ESPN. This is going to come down to the last four minutes of this ball game. And I was like, <laughs> Is that like, you believe there's a run coming or? Uh, I mean, technically it always comes down the last four minutes. It's not over until it's over. They don't like put the official win in until it happens. Anything could happen. <laughs> that, that that leprechaun could have come to life in the middle of the court <laughs> and decided to take out Jason Tatum for whatever reason. Because that's the only person that could have stopped Jason Tatum is a huge leprechaun that's high on whatever the hell he's putting in that corn cob pipe. That is, yeah, it's quite the visual. I, I'll be honest, I thought the Celtics would win this series, but I did not think Game 7 would go like that. Like, the collective disappearing act? Yeah. Is that what we want to call it? Yeah. I mean, can we be positive first? Let's talk about okay, Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum okay. broke the record that Steph just uh, set. It felt like a couple of weeks ago for number of points in a Game 7. He went off. He celebrated a 50. It was clear that he wanted to get it because they could have taken, taken him out midway through. But, yeah, he started signaling 50. So that was fun watching him because through the course of the series, he's had a, a bunch of slow starts. He came on mm-hmm. strong at the end of that game six, which really saved them because they were almost done. And then he had this. We're going to forget all the struggles he had, and we're going to talk about him like we've been talking about Devin Booker from this point forward because he gave us this one because <laughs> he gave us this one game. I'm a sucker. I, I'm all in. I'm back on the Jason Tatum bandwagon. Well, you know, I do think that he's not going to be able to escape that Steph did it in a game that the Kings actually needed. Like, that's going to be the argument, right? Like, which 50 is more impressive? And, of course, people are going to go to a much closer ball game. But you could argue that, like, Jason helped open this thing up widely with his 51 points. Listen, if we're going to stay on the positive, collectively, that Celtics defense in this game looked as good as I've seen it look like ever. Even going back to last year's finals, the way that they were swarming, the way that Al Horford is guarding Joel Embiid, like Robert Williams when he's on the floor, the defense looked like the signature that you saw last year before the playoffs when that was a team that was challenging one another to be the best defenders. And then as, as bright as Jason Tatum was, in that second quarter, third quarter, Jalen Brown is flying all over the place, diving on the floor. Like, this man is ready to get that. What's he about to get? An $85 million uptick for that second team position? Okay, then. <laughs> oh, good for him. I'm so happy for him. He, oh, what a happy day for all <laughs> people in green. Um, and shout out Joe Mazzula. I mean, sure. we, we were picking on, on Joe. I don't know what he did, but they was flying around. <laughs> I know I was killing them when, when their defense was bad. I was roasting young Joe. So shout mm-hmm. out Joe Mazzula. He... All I heard was uh, Mark Jackson say he told Jason Tatum he loved him last game. So I guess that's it. We That's coaching these days. I don't know what other adjustments it is, but I'm with this 21st century coaching style. Just tell him you love him and put him back out there. Do the same shit I told you to do last week, but this time, I love you. <laughs> Evidently, there's no love in Philadelphia. 
Oh, the city of brotherly love. There is no love there. I mean, maybe they love each other, but it appears that the basketball gods hate them. Uh, it's just the, the sad story ever since, like, they started on this trajectory. And I guess I, as someone who has not been a fan of, like, tanking, I like, can there be a tanking curse? Can you get cursed <laughs> for being booty on purpose? And I guess mm -hmm. other teams were doing it, but no one was as public as they were. And they've been through a ton of really good players. Uh, for, like, um, Jalen Rose was running down the names, which I had forgotten about Mikael Bridges. Like, I hadn't forgotten about um, the pick of Jaleel Okafor. Like, that was one that was uh, not a great decision. Markel folks, Ben Simmons. <sighs> Like uh, Jimmy Butler was there. It is just like, man, like and the sad thing is it would have worked <laughs> if something would have panned out other than Joel Embiid. He's the only thing that panned out and he ain't fully panned out because he can't stay healthy. Jeez, golly. I hadn't remembered that rundown. <laughs> I guess even though we can go back to that many players, they weren't all under Daryl Morey is maybe no. some sort of saving grace. No. Um. Golly, listen, I, I believe, do I believe in the process? The process got you an MVP, so like yeah. something is working in the process. I mean, I think it's 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 impossible to argue that the process could lead to success, given all of the high picks that they had, all the good players that they had. It just ain't worked for them, which is why I'm like, you just, you, you uh, offended the basketball gods because they are going to make sure that this doesn't work, but... The the MVP, yeah, that's it. The other talented players that didn't pan out, it's all unfortunate. But this game is going to be about Joel Embiid and James Harden and mm -hmm. Doc Rivers, I guess, not rising to the occasion. These are all players who seem to have a reputation, players and a coach who seem to have a reputation of not always rising to the occasion. Uh, Doc Let's Rivers just... had the championship, so he's risen to the occasion once before, but... These guys, what you got for me? Let's just. I mean, the and, and I love Doc. I, I yeah. don't think Doc deserves to lose his job. But as we've seen as the trend as of late, yeah. Yeah. and maybe not, I shouldn't say maybe as of late, but we've certain we've seen it highlighted recently. Roster construction, meh. We didn't achieve our goal, meh. Head coach is going to take the hit. But I just think to your point about Joel and James, golly, man. Like this man was 5 of 18 for 15 points. Eight rebounds, two blocks. That's Joel. And then James uh -huh. is three of 11. Alabaster had that great stat about how many, what, two for 10 performances? Hard <sighs> yeah, this is not a good one for the old legacy. It Like, I don't know that James has ever it, – it felt like this season or this playoff run, he had enough good games yeah. for us. If, if he had one more, if they had just won this series, he had enough good games for us to like start to think about him as a different style of or it's different type of postseason player. He had enough bad games that if he had one more bad one, that we're gonna be like same old James, and that's what mm -hmm. we're looking at. I think though, like if we pull out com completely macro and look at this in the big picture, just in terms of appreciating basketball, like it showed you how the margin. I know. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> It shows you how the margin, I mean, this, this game's margin was obviously very wide, but like you are a win in game six away, right? Like from this thing completely swinging, like you are one of those players panning out and arguably like Markel Fultz has now found himself potentially yeah. in Orlando. Um, you are a Jimmy Butler over Tobias Harris, like fateful decision away. You know what I mean? Like they, in hindsight, it's always 2020. 
But I think it, it, it is that success, as much as it is talent, it is also a little bit of luck. Like, yeah. the Celtics are lucky that Missoula was on the staff under Ima Udoka, and that transition could be so smoothly because we've seen where head coach transitions jack up what was already potentially a good thing. So, eek, I don't yeah, know. I mean, maybe that's going to help them sleep at night, but that ain't going to put no trophies on the shelves or <laughs> rings on the fingers or extensions in anybody's pocket. So... Uh, I'm sorry that you've been unlucky, but you also, and, and also to your point, they weren't better than the Celtics. The Celtics like were a better team than them. I don't think we expected them before the series started. I picked the Celtics. I think most mm-hmm. people would have picked the Celtics too. They made it uh, a little bit more uh, interesting. competitive and interesting, <laughs> which started to like, I feel like if they would have got swept or they would have lost in five I would have been more prone to blame like the roster construction. The fact mm-hmm. that they pushed it to six is like, hey, you guys choked, which I guess they kind of did. Push it to seven. But you know what? And yeah, I know we got producer injection, interjection coming in. But I actually think because you are not better than this team, it's even more important that you capitalize on the moments, right? Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. I don't know if anybody would say that Joe Mazzulla is a better coach than Doc Rivers. You got two MB. You, there's no MVPs on the Celtics squad. Like, I get it. Collectively, they got more experience, but there's no MVPs on the Celtics squad. That's Game a rhetorical six? trick, Monica, and you know it. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm they just got, saying. I think they got how- one. They got a half an MVP. They got an MVP with a bad knee, and James Harden is not that guy anymore. Just because he used to. It's like putting Roll Magic series, Johnson out there. In this series, though, Foxy, that guy reemerged. But what I'm saying to you, and you know this from playing, sometimes you're going to run up on a team that is better. But if you can be smarter and capitalize on the moments, right? Like, the Celtics had chances in this series. Like, tell me they didn't. They did. They absolutely had chances. You're right. I mean, they they we can't let them off the hook. All right, Alabaster, you've been waiting long enough. I think we need to crush Joel Embiid even more than this. I mean, he had the oh. worst Game 7 performance in the last 55 years since Wilt Chamberlain against the Celtics in 1968. Um, this is someone who has publicly campaigned for the MVP for the last three seasons, calls himself the most dominant player in the league, has consistently thrown teammates under the bus, and has never made it out of the second round. We're talking about someone who's headed to the Hall of Fame, who's had all-star teammate after all-star teammate and cannot win a second round series. The whole perception of him as this tier of player with Giannis and Jokic, we need to like rethink that moving forward if this is how he's going to perform in the postseason. All right. You're wrong about just about everything you said. I mean, just, oh, yeah. I mean, it's, I didn't think so. Tell me. Well, I think... I know you don't want to hear this about Joel Embiid's knee, but it's a thing. And you also, I imagine you probably don't want to hear this about the supporting cast, but it's also a fair criticism of what they have out there. And what are the series that they should have won? You said he's only made it to the second round. It's not as if he's been knocked out by the Hawks. The Hawks. That's the one time. That's the one time I was thinking about the Raptors. I forgot about the Hawks. All right, I'm done. Crush him. Joel, I did my best. (laughs) The, Raptors, the Raptors was an incredible series and an incredible yeah. shot. He, again, yeah. we talk about unlucky right. guys. Unluck. Literally. Unluck. Uh, um, I, here's what I will say, because this conversation came up last week about KD, KD not being ele- able to elevate uh, Phoenix. We got to figure out our tiers. And maybe we don't do this today on Debatable, but like, yes, we clearly see LeBron and Steph as sort of the standard that they are going to will their teams to the next level and to championship ultimately as they, as they have proven. I guess you put Giannis in that category. Probably KD because he's one. 
and Kawhi. But like, other than that, like maybe we need to be having a real conversation about even the tier of all-stars and MVPs and all NBA players, because you're right, Alabaster. Honestly, like I don't love the press conference sound. And I know the bite about we need some help basically is the one that people are zooming in on. I do think that he was taking responsibility. I do think that bite was also ill-timed, bad taste, like not appropriate. Um, but this feels a little bit like, I, I, not in exact philosophy, but it feels a little bit like the soliloquy Giannis gave us, right? Like, there's so many layers to this thing, but at what point is it, and I, not that Giannis was ditching responsibility. I would like to hear Joel and B say, it's me, I have to be better. And that's the only thing he says from the press conference. I mean, the, the Hawks point really makes me feel wrong about all of this, but I'm going to take another shot at it. Okay. Giannis has, like, he had Middleton. Like, it's not as if he didn't have someone who was coming through for him. Because, like, Giannis is a big guy who has the athleticism to sometimes work from outside perimeter. Something we talk about all the time. At the end of games, it's rarely going to be a big man dominating. I know we expect that from Joel and James Harden running the high pick and roll. It's just not something that we see happening a lot. And so I guess that's what he means by he needs more help. He shouldn't have said it. He definitely should have said it out loud to them. You can tell that to the general manager. You can tell that to your mom or your wife, or your girlfriend, but you don't need to say that to these cameras. You don't gain anything from doing that. You just step up and say, it's my fault. I stink. I need to get better, which he said all of that. But yeah. then he followed it by saying, me and James need some help. Y'all don't need no help. Y'all need to hit some shots. They did need to hit some shots. They did need to hit some shots. I don't know. This this thing, and we're going to deal with this for the next three days. Um, but I guess I go back to something you said. It would be different if they was getting swept in these series. Yeah, You can't force it to seven and then ghost game seven and then be like, we need help. Just magnifies it. The whole basketball world stopped to watch you on Mother's mm-hmm. Day. And on this Mother's is what, Day. yeah, this is what you, this is the gift you gave us. <laughs> Nine months of caring for you. All right. What's next, Alabaster? All right. We're going to pivot to the West. Um, how do you expect the Lakers Nuggets series to play out? Short, Monica. You think it's going to be short for real? I mean, I guess it depends on how good this Lakers defense really is. Because yeah, I but... do think the Nuggets are better than them. And I and LeBron, uh, how many games does he have in the course of these playoffs? Because he's probably used three of them. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's crazy. Um, it literally is the clash of styles, right? The yeah. best offense in the postseason, the best defense of the remaining teams. I think, I do think this is going to go six or seven, though. I think that... that um, Jokic poses so many problems defensively. And I'm like, is that going to be AD? Okay, fine, that could be fun, but, like, also good luck. <laughs> and then I think you, you the first thing you go to is Jokic defensively, right? But I think he's got a really good cast around him in terms of defense. You look at a guy like Jeff Green, like, all his versatility. I think this series is a much better matchup for supporting cast guys like Aaron Gordon than it would have been potentially to run into the Warriors where you have to, like, think and compute how to stay attached to these screens and all the things that they run. This one, to me... It's going to be athlete on athlete minus Joker, Jokic. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, Joker is going to be. Joker, that's the, it. <laughs> the thing about that, why, or part of the reason why the Lakers defense is so good or has been so good recently is because of what AD is doing at the basket. And mm-hmm. and the uh, Warriors tried a bunch of different ways to pull AD away from the basket. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. Ultimately, they couldn't shoot well enough, consistently right. enough 
for AD to be removed from the basket. The problem is, and for the Lakers, I see their defense is that if AD is guarding Joker, then mm-hmm. AD is not gonna have is not gonna be able to be near the basket. If he catches mm-hmm. it at the top of the key, his passing is too good to not put pressure on him. His shooting is too consistent to not put pressure on him. So if mm-hmm. you take that anchor out and most centers that AD or most players that would potentially pull AD away from the basket cannot pass like him. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what scares me is you don't have a rim protector and you're going to wear AD out on the defensive end. You're going to need a lot from him on offense. It just, it feels like a pretty bad matchup. Uh, it's not going to be a cakewalk. I say short. That's, that's uh, not fair, but it feels like a worse matchup for the Lakers than it does for the Nuggets to me. I hear you on that. I'm, and again, AD might, might be the swing piece in this one, just like we saw in the previous series, right? Because if he manages to do what you're saying well and defend Joker and at least slow him, make him a little more inefficient, which is like average man levels of efficiency versus like dad by God. Um, and he also can put pressure on him as a scorer. Then we got to see what that stamina looks like on that side of the ball. Where are you at? At my parents' house. I thought so. <laughs> I thought so. And if that ain't the the... The black mom's <laughs> wall. I see <laughs> that chair. That chair over your right shoulder. That dining room chair. hundred percent. Oh my gosh, table. that's at my mom's house too. The candle that that's been there for twelve years ain't never been lit. Yeah, you know it. right? It's perfect. <laughs> my grandparents in the box. You know what oh. I'm saying? from back in the day, her stu- one of her students gave her this. She got a lot of uh, Latinx students at her school. It's great. Happy Mother's Day. Thank you for joining us until <laughs> I said I'm sorry that I took you, but I appreciate her for uh, giving the world us or giving the world you. And giving. I don't know. It's yeah, all good. Yeah, yeah. edit out something. Basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> all uh, that Mother's Day food has gotten to us. What's up? Uh, yeah, yeah, get in here. Interject. I got one, on one hoops question. Um, Phoenix couldn't expo- expose Jokic in the pick and roll at all. Um, we know LeBron right now with his injured LaFoot is not, you know, clearing out and sort of assessing things the way he has hunting mismatches. But we saw that in games in game six against the Warriors. He hunted mismatches and he got to the rim over and over again. Do you see that as a path to the Lakers success exposing Jokic and Michael Porter Jr. in the pick and roll, which theoretically should be doable with Matt with mismatch hunting with Reeves and LeBron and Davis? Yeah, but I don't expect the Nuggets to turn into this defensive juggernaut. Like, if they decide to play drop coverage, fine, they're willing to give up those. The question, the issue to Foxy's point is going to be how the Lakers ultimately defend the Nuggets, right? Like, they'll show, they'll hedge, they'll drop coverage, they'll contest. LeBron will get off in that pick and roll every now and again. But the Nuggets are running that thing back. And the Lakers have been, outside of game six, really bad in transition. And if anybody's prepared to run a team down the floor in transition, it's Jokic with long passes and just pushing the ball up. So I do think that that's something that we'll see him and those guys explore. By the way, I'm really excited for Darvin Ham. Um, I don't know that that's going to be the thing. I don't know if it's going to be as effective as we saw in the Warriors series, series, because frankly, the Nuggets are bigger than the Warriors. And it doesn't, I mean, Michael Porter is a good athlete, even though he's not great on defense. Aaron Gordon is great on defense and is a great athlete also. It doesn't feel like there's a ton of, mismatches for LeBron like you saw the way that Gordon defended um uh Durant like Mm -hmm. and he's not even gonna have the respect LeBron's 
jumper. And I guess LeBron's power is more powerful than Durant. So maybe that's something. But Gordon ain't no slim dude. Like, no, I feel like not. he's probably more comfortable down there than he is on the perimeter. So I, I don't see a ton of mismatches necessarily. I could be wrong. But for me, it com- comes down to how many games LeBron got left. Because mm-hmm. he he be coasting until they need him. And you could tell that uh, was it game five when he was like, all right, we good. We're not going to win this one. Then he, you could tell game six. He's like, all right, just the one. Yeah, he can't waste yeah. them. So when he give you a game, they better win. And I don't know how many more he got left on that foot. And I mean, at his very big age, <laughs> he's already done more than anybody has in the history of basketball at this age. So I, I don't know. It's hard for me to be optimistic. And I, I don't want to laugh at AD for whatever injuries that he may have, but we still got that lurking. Like that's always <laughs> lurking. That man be falling <laughs> and getting up slow every time. Golly. Well, we did it. <laughs> I'm sorry. We did it. Happy did Mother's it. Day to all of us. We got any more topics? Uh, we got a couple more. Next oh. one. Oh, man. Uh, do you think the Warriors can rebuild a championship roster around Steph? know the ins and outs of the Warriors money but I still think Steph is great so yes is my answer um only when they started to look like they were about to lose the series that I began to hear about Jordan Poole being moved and not Draymond Green which is interesting in my mind um and also something that I think the Warriors probably should and will explore uh but I still think what Steph does Steph got completely run down in this series and over the course of the postseason, right? But, like, what he does still translates. Like, he's not really an explosive type player. Like, he can take good care of his body. He still can hit threes. His layup package and his handles are still underrated. So, yes, I still I still think Steph is top ten, debatably top five in this league. So, he can be a centerpiece. I don't have any doubts about that. Yeah, I think it kind of depends on how you want to interpret the question because I think what you're saying, Monica, yes, a championship team can be built around Steph Curry's unique ability. Mm -hmm. Can the Warriors do it, given all the context of this situation? That seems harder to me because they have a guy in Klay Thompson who's going to be coming up pretty soon, a guy in Draymond Green who is coming up now, who they are not the best versions of themselves. However, they are in line to get paid more than they ever have gotten paid before, more than they've ever gotten paid in the past. You combine that with the fact that the luxury tax is more like difficult to work around than it has been in the past. There are no great like uh, free agents out there that are just going to change the team. Like Wiggins going to have to become the player that we thought he was going to be when they drafted him. And I know the Warriors didn't draft him, but when he was drafted, for them to to do this and i'm not sure that he's gonna do it so that's the that's the scary part i guess they could try to package up some sort of trade but that trade would have to involve clay and draymond and that's gonna be real hard like this ain't this ain't fantasy basketball you can't just wrap package guys that won you four championships and send them out or not pay them the way you want to so i think it's really unlikely Oh, I hadn't thought about it that way. Um, I guess for me, I well, then now we got to get into the question of how much longer we think Steph has. I don't think it obviously is going to have something that's going to happen like next year, but I yeah. think Steph has a window and still has the opportunity to get it done. But uh, yeah, for, for Steve Kerr to finally come clean after they lost that series and say this is not a championship roster, well, we kind of thought that, but you <laughs> fooled us in the first series and then you came back to reality. It wasn't last year either. They just won a championship. I'm mm. not letting that go. 
talk about it. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh man so alabaster give me my check there we go thank <laughs> you took you long. all right last one um how would you handle john moran if you ran the grizzlies get out of here that's a real question seriously how would i <laughs> yeah monica answer that how would you handle john moran that's a real question i don't hiring i got the fix for you okay ayala benzan benzan <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna fix my life immediately. <laughs> beloved, I, beloved. I think this case is a little too challenging. <laughs> I don't like the tough thing is when people like they just feel completely disconnected from reality. Like I don't know how because do you remember how absurd the tiny gun incident was? We was like, you in the middle of this and you waggling a tiny gun on live. And we all was like, this is the dumbest. Like, that was the first time when I was like, all right, there's something more. This is not just like how people were saying, yeah, this is young person who's a little wild and got to start. I was like, no, for someone to have a track record like this and then to like have such an unforced error, I was like, nah, something else going on. He got off easy with a tiny suspension, went to, to some sort of rehab, came back, told Jalen Rose some lies, and we was like, come on, man, dunk on somebody. We love you. And all this man had to do was stay off alive, have you a decent summer. And he did the same thing with a bigger gun this time, but the same thing, maybe worse. Like, I, I how do you fix this? Like, I don't know. This is something deeper than a conversation. I can't fix this. Van Zant can't fix it. <laughs> Dr. Phil can't fix it. I don't know. It's going to have to be Ja. Um, mentioned them at my parents' house. Lovely grandfather clock in the background. Love it. Love um, so besides all of that, because you're right, I think there's some real stuff internal. Excellent PR squad. Personal security who takes all cell phones away when you're out. Like, this idea that you, first of all, yes, I'm not condoning guns. They're not toys, like all of that. But if you are going to be that person, do not broadcast it. Like there are no cell phones around you. NDAs for everybody, like just exist. Like you got plenty of money, just exist. No cell phones. I don't, I'm not going to pretend like I am some street dude and I hang around a bunch of street dudes. But I've always, like when I was young, you one degree away. I got family members who done yeah, made some who, bad decisions. Yeah, who worked for the state for a minute <laughs> for free. And like also like their friends or whatever, like one degree, like it's always a way. And the and I don't mean this as like a judgment to like clown John Morant, but like I don't know street dudes who do that, who wag guns on Instagram live. Like, I don't know what image he's even trying to present. It doesn't make sense to me because I can't find uh, a tough guy who is going to look at John Morant shaking guns on Instagram live. Like, yeah, that's how you do it. No, anybody who is actually involved in anything like this is trying not to give people evidence so again i'm not saying i'm some straight dude but i don't get this like nobody's impressed by this who are you trying to like 
I don't know. I, I, and that's again, that's me trying to use logic and assuming that his motivation was to impress somebody because like I would do something like that when I was young and dumb, if I was trying to like impress somebody, but it does not seem that he is following any sort of logic. It feels very much like a superiority complex of some sort. Yeah. Like just the rules don't apply to me and I do what I want. I, I will say that if there's another recovery interview, I love Jalen, but we got to be better. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Jalen's going to do that again. I okay. think Jalen believed that because before that, yeah, I don't know. I think there was an argument before that, that he just needed to hit rock bottom and he managed to hit rock bottom without uh, anything too bad happening. Like that was the story that I yeah. assume that Jalen and Jalen also was like, I can relate to this. The relatability for sure. But Jalen, I imagine if you talk to him now, he could be like, no, I can't relate. I wasn't like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't yeah. like that. This and is, I don't and get you know, it. The, the, the other part, though, too, like this obviously becomes an issue for the league, becomes an issue for Jaws primary sponsors. Like, bro, you just got a Nike shoe. What are you doing? Like, just what are you doing? Um, and then candidly, like there was already the rumors that, you know, Memphis's off-court style in terms of enjoying themselves wasn't necessarily beneficial to winning basketball. So now this is this is quickly snowballing, and I think most of us with common sense and a little bit of maturity can see it going down the wrong path very, very quickly, and not just because of his personal life, but also what he stands to lose professionally. He's been down the wrong path. And, like, do you, like to your point, they had commercials running during the playoffs for your shoe. Like, and I, I just don't get that. Him and his boys are living the life, a life that Ja's greatness has created. Why is Ja determined to ruin it? Because it also felt like the person who was putting him on live, A, y'all should have a no live rule, as you mentioned. But mm -hmm. that person seemed to realize, like, what are you doing? And, like, try to get off the live quickly. Late. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. I, uh, there, there is no prescription from us at least maybe there's some other prescription that will help but like we can't figure out how to fix a problem that we have no idea what it is i ain't got it no answer to it i don't know that was a nice positive note <laughs> happy mother's day yeah exactly yeah his mom on mother's day mm. <laughs> she also called him to come to the mall and, and straighten some things out so uh you know there's that. All right. Are we picking playoffs or is it too soon? <laughs> I know we're doing our goodbye. Let me just say that I'm very uh -huh. curious about this Heat and uh, Celtics series. Ryan Cortez, Heat culture, you were very aggravating on the Twitter on Friday. Oh, oh. But I appreciate you, my friend. Mm. Heat and five, he is chiming in in our conversation. Don't know that I can do that, but I also don't think that Jimmy's going to lose them again. So I'm not sure where I am. Yeah, you. Uh, I didn't want to pick. You making me pick. We're not picking. No picking. We're discussing. Okay, picks good. on the next yeah, yeah. episode. Uh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, picks on the next episode after we got a couple games <laughs> to, to get a feel for it. <laughs> I'm with you. Picks on the next episode. Yeah. Just record me saying, I got the Heat winning. Three, two, one. I got the Celtics winning. Good? All right. We'll use whichever one we want to next week. Bye, everybody.